All right, thanks for tuning in again with Robert Paulson. This is Bible Prophecy Past, Bible Prophecy Present, and Future. Um, today, going over the past first, we do this just to set the foundation of the word as authoritative. Um, what I'm going to be talking about today is how God reveals himself through time. You can actually, and I find this amazing, you can trace the Bible through history and how God has revealed himself. Um, and it's actually amazing. It can actually strengthen your faith sometimes uh, that people don't agree with you. When you see that God, uh, the Old Testament says, truly you are a God who hides himself. <laughs> That's what people are going to be saying uh, towards the end when everybody, when the mystery of God is revealed. Uh, God hides himself and God reveals himself. He is sovereign over his, his creatures and his creation. And I'm going to go to actually Genesis 1.1, and we're going to break it down. I'm not an expert in Hebrew or anything like that, but I'm going to break it down in a way that I find amazing where we can see the gospel in the first three verses uh, in the Bible. And we can see the gospel in the first three chapters in the Bible. So there's going to be two prophecies. One is more a mystery in the beginning, and then one is a messianic prophecy. And I'll get, I'll get right into it. Um, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God. And I'll stop right there. The word for God there is Elohim. Um, and, and tradition has that Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible about 1450 years or so before Jesus Christ was even born. And the first couple words, it's in the beginning, God, and the word Elohim is plural. That's a, a it's, it almost reads like God's. It's kind of like a cluster of grapes has, you know, it, multiple grapes in it, but it's one cluster. Um, so there, the, the word for God is El or Eloah. Elohim is plural. And that's, I mean, that's not, he didn't do that by mistake. That's a mystery. Uh, in the beginning, God, Elohim, plural, created singular. So right away, you have a mystery. In the beginning, God, plural, created singular. So you have this plurality of God, <laughs> uh, but he does things, his verbs, his actions are singular, um, created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Uh, so this is amazing. Now, you know, we have in the beginning, God, plural, uh, but he does things singularly, and now we have God and the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. Uh, that word is like a dove hovering. So somehow this God who is outside of, of existence, outside of creation, is the source of, of creation. He's somehow, his spirit is now over the waters, right? Uh, and then thir the third verse, then God said. So now you have God, Elohim. You've got his spirit, and now you have his word. And what's the first thing he says? It's Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light, it was good. And what's amazing is he doesn't actually create the sun and the moon for about 10 verses down. So it's like, hey, what is this light? So now you have in the beginning God, plural, created singular tense. Uh, you have God and his spirit, and then you have his word, which creates light. 
And uh, it's kind of amazing. Jesus Christ, he is fully man and fully God. He reveals what God is to us, our, our limited understanding of, of who this great being is. Um, and Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. <laughs> and so that's a mystery that Moses didn't just pick these words out of nowhere. This was given to him. The word was given to him by God. And it definitely contains mysteries. We're going to go on to a, a different mystery here in just a second. In the third chapter of Genesis, we're going to get to one of the first messianic prophecies in the Bible. And this is really going to tie in with our prophecy present and our prophecy future, kind of what's going on in the world right now. Um, so I'll get right into it. We're going to skip ahead to Genesis chapter three. Um, we all know the story, uh, the fall of man. Um, you know, the serpent, it says, was more cunning, you know, more deceptive than any beast of the field, which God had made. And he said to the woman, uh, has God indeed said, did God really say, um, we are still falling into this trap uh, today? Um, for example, Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons, they are an uh, occult, an offshoot of the Christian sect that just changes up a few of God's words, <laughs> and it has a completely different meaning. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, for example, they ascribe to a lot of what I believe, uh, but Jesus isn't God. He's a God, right? And so, um, you know, has God said we're still falling for this today? We want to really key in on that word. Um, moving on then uh, to, to verse five, uh, we all know the story. You know, Satan tempts Eve and uh, he basically tells her that, that, no, God's wrong. If you eat this, you're going to be like God. You're going to be, you know, you're going to know good and evil. You're going to be like God. And you'll see in our, our segment in a second, we're still falling for that today. So we, we are not like God. <laughs> and some of us don't know the difference between good and evil still, right? Uh, and then verse six, Eve, you know, she, she saw that the apple was good to make one wise. So this is why mankind fell. We were deceived into not following, the, you know, what God said. We wanted to be like God. We wanted to, to be wise. Um, and then we're going to just skip ahead now to verse 15. This is the first messianic prophecy in the Bible. And I find it amazing. And I really want to key in on it. Um, so mankind has fallen. God came down. It, he could have came down in wrath and just destroyed the world right there. But he immediately has mercy. And he immediately begins his redemptive plan to, to save mankind, to redeem mankind. Um, and this is, this is how God does it. So now God is talking to the serpent. God is talking to Satan at this point. And he pronounces a physical curse on snakes, right, uh, in verse 14. But now going on to verse 15, he goes to a spiritual curse, a spiritual meaning. He says very clearly, I will put enmity, uh, that's hostility, between uh, you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, her offspring, your offspring and her offspring. Uh, he, her offspring, shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Uh, that Hebrew word is like crush. He's gonna, you know, you're going to crush his heel, but he's going to crush your head. He is going to defeat you. And this is what's amazing. This is the only time in the Bible where seed of the woman, offspring of the woman is used. Um, this is a very patriarchal society. They were always tracing lineages through men and, and different things like that. They, they cared about the men. 
And seed of the woman, that is typifying the virgin birth. So, so right here, as soon as mankind fell, God is saying, listen, you haven't won. This is warfare. There is hostility now, right? There are, like Jesus said, there are children of the kingdom, children of the father. There are children of the devil, right? And, and uh, you know, this is something that only God knows and only God can reconcile. Um, but that word there, I really want to key on it. Seed of the woman, offspring of the woman. That is typifying the future coming virgin birth. That wouldn't even happen for another 1,450, yeah, almost 1,500 years before Christ was even born. Uh, there's a foreshadowing, the seed of the woman. The only time that's used, that's typifying that virgin birth. Just kind of like Abraham and Sarah, uh, you know, the, the, the womb was almost dead, you know, Genesis records, and then God brings a life to it. Um, a lot of the true faith God has set up, people are just waiting for a son, right? Abraham was waiting for his son. Uh, then we're waiting for the Messiah, the son of God. Now we're waiting for Jesus Christ, who is the son of God. So a lot of what we're doing is just waiting for that son. <laughs> uh, but this is just an amazing prophecy. Um, and Jesus brings it to light. He reveals to us who God is, right? Here it hadn't been revealed that this seed, this Messiah, would be God in human flesh. Um, but Isaiah goes on to reveal that. Uh, that's written 700 years before Christ. Uh, he names the child that will be born Emmanuel, which is God with us, right? So God reveals himself over time, and you can weave it uh, throughout history. And it actually gets to a point now where there's for me, there's so many verses about Jesus Christ that when I, for example, run into an Orthodox Jew who believes in the entire Old Testament, it, it really almost strengthens my faith because a lot of these guys are brilliant. And I'm like, how do you not you know, give any credence to Jesus Christ? Um, and I think Romans explains that really clearly. There's a veil. There's a veil up when they read the Law of Moses uh, it's not, the Holy Spirit has not opened their eyes to see that the entire Bible, Old and New Testament, it's all about Jesus Christ, right? And so as I read that, it, it certainly encourages me and, and it helps open my eyes to see uh, Jesus in the, the first three verses of the Bible, Jesus in the first three chapters of the Bible. And so now we'll move on to uh, prophecy present and prophecy future. So prophecy present. We have the Lil Nas X Satan shoes that just dropped two days ago. They were sold out in minutes. Uh, I've done quite a bit of research into these uh, as well as what the Church of Satan thinks about them. And I'm excited to share a couple things I've learned uh, with you guys, uh, as well as some scripture that I think will help us kind of understand this. Uh, you don't exactly need a, a seminary degree or, or a deep theological understanding of the Bible to unmask this, uh, but I still find it interesting. Um, so let me get into first what exactly the shoes are. Uh, they are nice. Nike Air Max 97s. Uh, it doesn't look like Nike really had anything to do with designing them, however. Uh, they contain 60 cc's of ink and one drop of human blood in the sole of every shoe, uh, which is extremely strange. I actually thought this was a conspiracy theory when I first read it, so I just went right past it, and then within a few hours, like five people sent me this, uh, and, and they actually asked me to do a video on it. 
uh, which was pretty cool for my second video. I didn't even have to decide. A bunch of people were curious. Um, so I thought it was a conspiracy theory. I then came back and realized this is true. Um, good news is there's not going to be, you know, a million pairs of these things. Uh, kids aren't going to be wearing them everywhere. Uh, the bad news is that's because there's exactly 666 pairs. <laughs> and uh, we all know what that number stands for. And so, and, and probably the most offensive part, uh, especially for me, I'm pretty frugal if you know me, uh, the shoes are $1,018 a piece. So I, I find that to be the most offensive thing of the whole bunch here. <laughs> and so uh, as you look on here, if you're watching the video, if not, I'll describe it to you. Um, there's two pentagrams on the shoe. You've got a golden tassel in front as well as uh, on the inner uh, inside of the shoe as well, another pentagram on each uh, shoe. Um, and then finally on the side, you've also got a reference to Luke chapter 10, verse 18. Uh, that's where Satan, I'm sorry, that's where Jesus says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. There was also a uh, music video created. Um, you can see right here, if you're watching the video, there's a, a snake. Uh, Lil Nas X is in a, a garden area. He's playing a guitar and a snake comes up to him and uh, turns into a woman and starts speaking to him and, and sort of uh, leading him astray, I guess you could say. Uh, he then rides a, a stripper's pole down through uh, the world into hell, through the gates of hell. He, he seduces and strips and does all sorts of uh, filthy things with the Prince of Darkness himself, Satan, and then he snaps Satan's neck and takes his horns and puts them on himself. Um, so it was a, a pretty strange video. Um, I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, so now you have the shoes, a little bit about them, the music video. I, I, I thought about playing the music video, but I just really couldn't, especially if children are going to be watching this. So I took a few pictures that you guys can see. Um, even the lyrics, I can't play them. There were two that I found kind of interesting. Uh, this is the lyric from the song uh, regarding these shoes. Uh, one is a sign of the times every time that I speak. <laughs> and I wouldn't disagree with him there. It, it is a sign of the times. Not something we should be angry about, but I don't think a hundred years ago uh, this stuff would have fly. You know, this would work in America, right? So a sign of the times every time that I speak. And then the other lyric was that he is only here to sin. And we can really draw this back uh, to the original, the Garden of Eden, to what the snake, what the serpent, what Satan convinced mankind to do. Uh, but before I do that, I want to bring up an article from the Rolling Stone. Uh, they actually interviewed the Church of Satan, and I found this pretty interesting. I've done some research into the Church of Satan in the past, um, and it's, it's fairly straightforward, but I was curious what they would actually think about the video. Uh, just to give you some background, the Church of Satan was founded by Anton LaVey in 1966. Uh, another thing that, you know, 100 years ago, 1921, I don't know if we would have been okay with the founding of the Church of Satan, but that's probably a talk for another time. Um, they don't actually believe in Satan, so they say. Um, they, they don't believe in anything spiritual, right? So only physical, only what you can see. 
Um, so they, they claim that they don't believe in Satan, and, and it's kind of like a rub on Christians. They believe Christians made up God in their own mind, and therefore they don't believe in Jesus, God. They, they don't believe in Satan because they say he's a Christian creation. We made Satan, right? And, and we made God, not God made us, right? And so it's kind of like a, it's kind of like they're mocking us, you know, when they say they worship Satan. Uh, but what they actually say they worship is themselves. Uh, you have David Harris here, this article, if you're watching, uh, it's, it's from the Rolling Stones, but David Harris is a magister for the Church of Satan. It's kind of like a cardinal, like a pope, like a leader of the Church of Satan uh, that's saying these shoes are great, this music video is great, they have no problems with it. They're saying, well, we don't actually believe Satan exists, but this is what they do say. They say that they uh, see themselves as the world's first carnal religion. Uh, they call themselves I-theists. Instead of atheists, they call themselves I-theists. Uh, they see themselves as their own God, word for word. He said, we see ourselves as our own God. Um, and you can bring that right back to the Garden of Eden. Did God really say? And he's like, the Satan said, no, no, you can eat the apple if you do you're going to be like God. So they see themselves as their own God. Uh, further on in the article, um, he said word for word, we view ourselves as the most powerful beings in the world. So there you have it. We have the shoes, uh, the video about the shoes, the music video. We have some commentary from the Church of Satan. So we've kind of hit this from a couple different angles, uh, which is good. Um, now I'm just briefly going to go over um, uh, Lil Nas X. He actually did a tweet on why he is doing all this. So this is why uh, he claims this behavior is okay. And it's he basically says he spent his entire teenage years, this is a tweet, uh, hating myself because of the curse word rhymes with spit y'all preached uh, would happen to me because I was gay. Um, so I hope you are mad. Stay mad. Feel the same anger you teach us to have uh, towards ourselves. And I don't know why he's saying that. I don't know what he went through as a teenager. Um, I know myself as a teenager, I was always angry and always frustrated because <laughs> everything I wanted to do was wrong and my parents and society always got in the way, right? So I, I'm definitely not taking away, you know, if, if somebody did preach to him that he's going to hell solely because he's gay, then I certainly feel sorry for him and the person that preached that. Um, and, and anybody going through severe anger during teenage years, I totally understand that. And I, I, you know, I can, I can definitely sympathize with that is what I'm saying. Um, and so we have to go on to the more, uh, maybe you consider it more offensive. Maybe you consider it more interesting. We've got to go on now that we have all the facts, we've got to go back to scripture and we, uh, I know everybody hates this word. We have to make a judgment, right? Oh no, <laughs> we have to judge, right? We have to decide what's the appropriate response as disciples of Jesus Christ. Um, but before that, before we do that, I want to show you a video and I'll pause it here or there to narrate. And this video is so much more peaceful. It is so less um, frustrating or repulsive to the senses. Uh, this is something that you might have already seen. This is something that I think uh, teenagers and young adults are probably watching all over the, the internet. And it's not offensive. I actually believe it's deceptive. And as the title of this video says, what's worse, right? Evil or deception? 
Um, and, and it's my opinion, and it's just an opinion. I think deception, I think they're both evil, right? Out and out evil like uh, Satan shoes. But I think deception is far more dangerous. Um, so now I'm going to get into this video, and then we'll go from there. Today, I want to tell you about a guy. You may know him for his comedy. You may know him for his mustache. But today, I want you to know him for his religion. Hey, I'm Steve Harvey, stand-up comedian, entertainer, television host, family man. But most importantly, I happen to be a man of faith. Steve is a very successful guy. He has made more money than he ever thought. He has become more famous than he ever thought. But at the same time, he managed to keep his relationship with God closer than ever. Why did you not lose faith as you became more successful? And I just want to pause right there. This will be really quick. He says, why did you not lose faith as you became more successful? And then it's a picture, if you're watching, of Steve Harvey throwing up cash uh, in the air. Um, and so I'm certainly nowhere near as successful as Steve Harvey, but I've had some business success. And I can tell you emphatically, the times in my life where I've been successful, <laughs> those are not the times extremely trying uh, to my faith. Uh, we'll continue here. If I could make myself successful, I would have done it a long time ago. <laughs> I would have skipped so many of the lessons I had to learn. But it's not that, it's a process. Success and happiness is a process, man. And in this process, I was very aware of the amount of faith that was needed. And as a matter of fact, it really took more faith than I even thought I had. And I just wanna pause it again. So the world will, will commonly call faith what I would just call self-confidence. And that's a really important point. They'll say you need faith to be successful. You need faith to, uh, you know, run a marathon. You need faith to do anything big or scary. And so everyone has faith. It's just, it's where you put your faith. If you're sitting on a chair right now, faith, trust, you, you don't think it's going to fall through, right? And so if you don't have faith in Christ, you have to have faith in yourself. Uh, the world calls this self confidence, right? Faith in me, Robert Paulson, or in you. Uh, and the world thinks that's the most important thing to success. See, oftentimes, people who are religious think their religion is right and everybody else is wrong. There is only one way to God. But Steve's faith is unique because it's really not about that. There's no one, one way to heaven, no one way to paradise. It's like... All right, I want to stop here, and I want us to key in on exactly what he said. There's no one way to heaven. There's no one way to paradise. Whereas Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. He also said, I am the door. Anyone who enters by me will be saved. 
So as Christians, and Stephen Harvey claims he is a Christian, we follow Christ and we believe he is God. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the fullness of God dwelling in a body. And I believe we were warned about doctrines like this that just sort of mix and mash, uh, you know, religions together, but don't actually take the time to look at the facts. But one thing I want to key in on so clearly, and I want us to be discerning about these exact words, is he said there's not no one way to God. He said there's no one way to heaven or to paradise. And what you're going to see is religions are not a way to get closer to God. They are a way to get farther from God, okay? He wants heaven and paradise. That's what mankind naturally wants. They don't want God. They want heaven and paradise. It, it, of course we want heaven. If you have a concept of heaven and hell, you want heaven. If you've heard of paradise, if you've ever been on a tropical vacation, you want paradise for eternity. Who you, You'd have to be crazy not to want that. <laughs> the key here is for me as a Christian, I want God. I want to meet this God who died for me. Heaven wouldn't be heaven to me if God weren't there. For me, when I read Revelation, uh, the very end, when we go into eternity, I read it as Christ rules and reigns on this earth for a thousand years, and then we go into eternity, and we get to have the limitless experience of God for eternity. So for me, heaven is just being next to God forever. And so in the Islamic faith, depending on what you believe, um, Allah is not a father and he has no son. He's not a father. It's not an intimate relationship. Their heaven, they call paradise, is just another place he has created. He doesn't commune with you like God communes with you. And depending on your denomination, many of them, that's where we get the jokes from, they have the 72 virgins, right? So what they're hoping heaven is, it's just uh, another creation that's perfect. It's a paradise. I get to have 72 wives and essentially just live the way I want for eternity. That's not a way to get closer to God. Um, Allah, they claim, is not a father, whereas Christians we believe God is a father, right? We believe Jesus Christ is a father in a way, but he's also the son. He's the son of man and the son of God. He reveals to us what God is. And so heaven for us is the presence of God for eternity. We cannot wait to meet him and to be with him. Um, I, think I, beat, I think I beat a dead horse here, though. I'm going to get back to playing the video television. Now it's over 800 channels of cable, and they're all pretty entertaining. So I'm pretty sure, man, that to get to heaven, there's got to be more than one route. And because somebody watching another channel or taking another channel than you, they still getting entertained, and they probably still getting to heaven. This isn't just talk. Steve lives by these words. He has three sons. Two of them, he gave them Christian names like Broderick, and one of them he gave a Muslim name, Ali, as a sign of respect and appreciation for the Muslim religion and the Muslim culture. I named him Ali because I knew, I knew then. That he I, might be different. I knew. And you have no problems with it. No, because when you come here, you understand Islam is a religion of peace. Why you got a problem with peace? 
And so I want to stop there again. He says, Islam is a religion of peace. Why do you have a problem with peace? Now, I'm not going to get into that argument here. I can do that on another video. Is Islam a religion of peace? Uh, that would be a great, a great video in and of itself. But it's funny to me that, that he just makes a blanket statement. If you have a problem with Islam, you, you must hate peace. <laughs> and I have a problem with Islam. I, I don't think I, I hate peace. I certainly have no hatred towards Arabic people, Muslims, like the individual I have no problem with. It's, yes, the religion of Islam. And so I brought up uh, a verse from the Quran and some verses from the Bible. Um, and what I notice is, and this is happening all over the world. In fact, the, the very Pope we have now, and when I say we, I don't mean Christians, the, the Catholic Pope would sooner agree with Steve Harvey than he would with me. I mean, he's really big into fraternity and getting all the religions to have one father. Um, but I'm going to go right into it. So Quran, uh, Surah, uh, this is in the Quran, Surah, which is chapter 5, verse 17. Uh, it's word for word, right? And this was written about 600 years after Christ died. Um, and it says, In blasphemy, indeed, are those that say that Allah is Christ. Now, Allah is just the Arabic word for God. So they're saying it's blasphemous to say God is Christ, the son of Mary. Whereas that's exactly what I'm saying. That's the linchpin of my faith, the divinity of Jesus, that he is fully man and fully God. And I'm going to bring up two verses from the Bible now. This is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and it goes on past verse 6, I believe. Uh, and it, this is written 700 years before Christ is even born. This is like 1300 years before the Quran's written, okay? Um, For to us a child is born, that's the son of Mary, to us a son is given. That is the son of God. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name, the name of this child, the name of this son will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. So a child is going to be born called Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You want to talk about actual peace? It's not peace between us and Islam. I don't want war between us and Islam. I want no physical war. I think the most loving thing that I can do to a brother is preach the truth in love, uh, especially if we care about them. It doesn't do any good to not correct false ways of teaching. Um, but then Jesus goes on to say in John, right? Uh, I and my father are one. So to Christians, Jesus is God. And that's a mystery. That's a mystery. There's no way that I believe that this man who died on a cross, who I've never met, is God, and that I'm fully forgiven based on his sacrifice alone. God revealed that through me. Uh, but it certainly stands the test of time and reason, and I thank God for the faith that he's given me. Um, but I certainly don't have a problem with, with peace between Christianity and Islam when it comes to not uh, being rude towards each other, when it comes to freedom of speech. Uh, but when it comes to God, I have to care and love God more than I love the praise or the you know, respect of my fellow man. Uh, unfortunately, the Quran just clearly says Jesus isn't God. And as a Christian, that's the linchpin. That's the most important thing of my faith. And so I'm going to go on with the video here. It's just a name, but it's a big step to showing respect 
to people of other cultures. What Steve did reminds me a lot of this mosque. This mosque in Abu Dhabi belongs to people in the Islamic faith. But as a sign of tolerance to the churches next to them, they renamed the mosque to Mary, Mother of Jesus Mosque. Can you imagine a mosque with the name Jesus on it? Yeah, the world could use a little bit more of that. And I'll stop right there. And, and you know, that that's fine, but... Islam believes Jesus, his name is Esau in Arabic, they believe Jesus is not God, okay, that he's a prophet, he's a great man, he's a, you know, uh, uh, just like the Jews, they think he was an itinerant rabbi that kind of got out of hand, and then they put him up on the cross, right, he, things got out of hand as a political social justice leader, and, and before Jesus knew it, um, whereas me, I mean, I just showed you and told you a verse from Isaiah written 700 years before Christ was born, I believe Christ is God and that he came here to die. It was his purpose. He literally said, for this hour I have come. I mean, it's clearly written and prophesied here in Isaiah. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, our own way. And the Lord has laid on him, him, Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. Um, this is our faith. This is that seed of the woman from Genesis who will crush Satan's head. This is the foundation. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is Jesus Christ. Ugh, but, uh, but what do I know? I'm just some dumb fool. <laughs> But uh, now we're going to go to a fun part. Uh, I know we hate this word, judgment. Aren't we not supposed to judge? Um, so I wanted to bring up a verse where Paul, writing to the Corinthians, he tells us how to judge. And I'm going to render a judgment. I'm going to give my opinion. And remember, I'm just some fool. I'm no genius. So, so here's the verse. It's, for what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? That's outside the church. Do you not judge those who are inside, but those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. And I think it's just very clear there. He's not saying you can't make a judgment. Obviously, Satan's shoes are wrong. We shouldn't wear them. We shouldn't support it. We shouldn't be surprised. Jesus did call Satan the ruler of this earth. We believe God is sovereign over the universe, but for a time... Satan is allowed to rule this earth. That's why we're looking forward to Christ coming back so that he will rule this earth from the throne of David, right? Our father in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done. Um, but there you have it. So we shouldn't judge those outside the church in that anybody who doesn't claim Christ, even little Nas X, we should be praying to God. We want God to open up their eyes and reveal the light of the gospel, of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Um, but until that happens, yes, they are outside the church. So we let God judge them. We shouldn't condemn them. We shouldn't be angry at them. I don't think he's going to hell because of his sexual proclivities. I don't think he's going to hell for making these shoes. I think you go to hell based on what you believe. I believe hell is the wrath of God, and it is justice. It's not injustice. It's God's form of justice against sinning against a holy being. That is God, sinning against God. 
And so when Jesus came into the world, he came in as the only light in a kingdom of darkness, right? And so how do we respond to this? Um, I think we respond in mercy and truth. Uh, everybody loves mercy. <laughs> I love mercy. Um, nobody really likes truth. Um, so one thing that has really helped me to respond to both, both the little Nas X Satan shoes and the Steve Harvey professions of faith is to remember why I'm a Christian. And many Christians might not know why we're Christians, right? But if you remember why you're a Christian, it will often humble you. And so I found this verse, and I think it's super helpful. It's in Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. So if you claim Christ, if you claim Jesus Christ is Lord, he is God, he has saved you, uh, this is why. And I love this verse. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. So we are unqualified to be saved. He qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has, this is God, delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. That's the Son of God, Jesus Christ, in whom we have redemption through His blood the forgiveness of sins. So God is saying, if you believe, that's because I've forgiven you. I made a way. We are worthy to be in the presence of God. We are, we are worthy to believe what we believe based on his blood, that atonement that he gave us, the same being that wrote the law that says don't lie or don't steal or condemned homosexuality. He also said, Jesus Christ, he stood up and he said, anyone who comes to me, I, I won't turn you away. He said, anyone who desires, come to me and drink the water of life freely. No matter what you've done at any point in your life, you can turn to Christ. Um, he is, it then goes on to say in Colossians, Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation. He's the preeminent one, that Greek word means. He's the most important. He's the originator of creation. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. Uh, what a beautiful, beautiful mystery. Um, and so that's mercy. It's understanding that the difference between little Nas X and me isn't me. It's Jesus Christ. The difference between me and Steve Harvey isn't me. It's Jesus Christ, and that's, you know, that, that's what I believe, right? Um, and so now for the fun part, truth. This is a prophecy. This is something promised to us in the book of 2 Timothy. Um, this is thousands of years ago, right? Paul wrote this, and it's very straightforward. I'm going to go through it, and I believe this is truth, and I believe this can apply to both Steve Harvey and people wearing Satan shoes. <laughs> so I'm going to read this out. Know this that in the last days, perilous times will come. I'm not saying these are the last days. They could be. But I'm not saying they are, but we're certainly closer than they would. That's a mathematical fact. Um, in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. I think that means, you know, you love yourself, not that you love other men. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. That was my problem before I was saved. I loved money boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. 
And the word holy means set apart, so unset apart. People are willing to blaspheme anything. Um, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And here's the key word. Here's the linchpin. I want to make sure we understand this. I think this applies to the Steve Harvey video, not the Satan Shoes video. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. What is the power of God to salvation that the world believes is foolishness? It's Jesus Christ. The power of God to salvation is Jesus Christ. It's the cross of Christ. It is medicine to our souls. It is the sole source of healing. Um, so that's so important. Having a form of godliness, Steve Harvey was talking about God quite a bit, but he denies its power. He, he thinks there's multiple ways uh, to God. He doesn't believe it's just Jesus Christ. And from such people, turn away, turn away from them. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. He's talking about, you know, people say these things just to get ahead in life. Maybe you have a good uh, social justice gospel, they call it, or maybe you have a good business gospel, they call it, and you can excite people, you can uh, get people to like you, you can make money. And I've been guilty of all of this before I came to Christ, right? Always learn. This is the final verse here. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We are addicted to learning. We're addicted to growing and self-growth and self-confidence. The knowledge of the truth is Christ alone. The only way to God, to get back to God, is through God. Jesus Christ is God. And so there you have it. We've got the Satan shoes. We've got the Church of Satan commentary. Uh, we've got a video that is kind of evil. Then we have another video that's deceptive. And then you have my beliefs on it. I believe that uh, both Steve Harvey and Little Nas X are in the same camp. They both don't believe that Jesus Christ is God, that he's the only way. He's the sole source of atonement for our sins. And so that's what I believe. And I really, really hope you enjoyed this podcast. Have a great day.